I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee, Executive Editor of Information Security Media Group, and today I'm speaking with regulatory attorney Julie Cass of the law firm Baker Donaldson. Julie will be speaking to me about recent changes by the Department of Health and Human Services to the federal Stark and anti-kickback regulations that create an exception allowing for the donation of cybersecurity technology and services to physician practices and others. So, Julie, the HHS Office of Inspector General and the Centers of Medicare and Medicaid Services recently issued final rules that create the new exceptions allowing donations of cybersecurity software, services, and hardware. Please explain why this change is so significant. So this is pretty important. The nation's cybersecurity is very critical at this point. There have been ransom attacks on hospitals specifically that really take the hospitals down for days. And these cybersecurity attacks are becoming more and more common. And so it is certainly a concern for patient care when they happen. But here, the cybersecurity rules are very important because the laws that you talk about, the Stark and the anti-kickback laws, have some limitations when you're providing things of value to entities that may refer. So if a hospital provides cybersecurity technology to a physician, that implicates both of those rules, and there's questions about whether you could provide that for free. But in a system where we're trying to combine health information and make records intraoperable and everybody can share in the data for patients, if a cybersecurity attack happens perhaps in a physician's office, it could have equal effects on a hospital or another part of our healthcare system, like a nursing home. So as we get more interrelated in all of our data, those cybersecurity attacks, rather than being limited to a single provider, could actually affect more. And so it's important that the whole system and the structure really be protected from cybersecurity. So in that vein, the government has created exceptions to the regulations to allow different providers to pay one another or contribute to the cost of cybersecurity for the whole system. So, Julie, with that said, who can donate these cybersecurity-related items and services and to whom? Really, there is no limitation on who can make these donations. Anyone can donate to any other provider. You first start out, though, with does the law even apply? And the law is only going to apply if the donation is coming from someone who receives referrals to a party that provides referrals because the basics of these laws that you're trying to get an exception from are providing remuneration, something of value, the donation of the cybersecurity technology or services or software to someone who's going to refer. And Stark, I should say, just applies to certain entities and physicians. So if you don't have a physician, you don't worry about Stark. The kickback statute is much broader. So, but it really depends on first starting with, are there going to be referrals of federal health care patients and in exchange for those dollars? And once you start with that, then the exception is very broad as to who can donate to whom. So can technology vendors make donations directly to a health care provider or do the donations need to be made through another party involved in the health care system delivery ecosystem? I mean, it really depends on who's paying. Those, those donations can come directly, but, for example, if 
if a technology vendor wants to donate to a physician cybersecurity technology, and there's no other party involved other than the technology vendor and the physician, uh, I'm not sure that the law is implicated. It would be dependent on the facts because the question would be, what would that physician practice be giving back to that technology vendor in terms of referrals for federal healthcare program patients? And if those aren't part of it, I don't think you need to worry. If what we're saying is the hospital wants to pay for donation of technology and that technology will be provided by a technology vendor, that's fine too. So in the big picture, what is most significant about these regulatory changes when it comes to the potential impact on the state of healthcare sector cybersecurity? So I think it protects healthcare cybersecurity. What I think is interesting and unique about this is Previous to the cybersecurity exception, there was an exception for donation of electronic health records. And in that electronic health record exception, which allows hospitals to provide electronic health record assistance to, let's say, physicians, there are some very specific provisions in that, including that the recipient of the EHR has to pay 15% or more of the EHR. And this cybersecurity exception, on the other hand, does not have that limitation. Similarly, on the EHR exception, you couldn't donate hardware. The cybersecurity exception, again, has no limitation. And in fact, part of the EHR donation includes cybersecurity, and and the government in its preambles to these new rules say you could always have provided that as part and suggest that if you provide it under EHR, that the EHR exception, you'll actually have to have the donee contribute. But if you do it under the cybersecurity exception, there is no donation required or, or sharing of the cost by the donee. And so it's interesting to me what this really shows is that our government is very concerned about cybersecurity and it's really using these laws and exceptions to foster cybersecurity among the healthcare entities and to ensure that it's safe. I think that this really goes along with their overall picture of coordination of care. The cybersecurity is one piece of a much larger regulation that really focuses on our healthcare system and how care is coordinated among providers. And as care becomes more and more coordinated and integrated, this cybersecurity issue becomes bigger and bigger. And I think that the broadness of this exception really acknowledges that they want this integration, but they also want the protection and how important it is. So, Julie, are there certain mistakes that entities need to avoid in terms of making cybersecurity donations or accepting these donations that could get them into potential regulatory trouble? Yes. So while these are extremely broad, there are things that donors and donees should keep in mind. So first of all, both the OIG's safe harbor under the kickback statute and CMS's exception under the Stark Law Both require some written documentation. The OIG Safe Harbor requires a signature and some general description of the technology. And if there is contribution from the recipient, the donee, that has to be part of the writing. CMS simply requires that the arrangement be documented in writing. The OIG says you really can't shift the cost of the donation to federal health care programs. So, for example, a hospital couldn't put the cost of the donation on its cost report. And while there's no cost of, to the limit of what you can share, the uh, cybersecurity 
exception does say that you have to ensure that the technology or the services you're providing is necessary and it's used predominantly to implement, maintain, or reestablish effective cybersecurity. So it's not for anything. It has to be for that very particular purpose. The eligibility or the amount or the nature of the technology can't directly take into account the volume or value of referrals or other business generated by the recipient, the donee. So when you're choosing who to provide cybersecurity donation to, you really can't say, well, I'd like to provide it to my biggest referral sources because then they'll refer more business to me. So you have to be careful about how you choose if you're not going to give it to everybody, and this, of course, is expensive. You have to be very careful on how you choose who you are going to make your recipients, what basis you're going to make it on, and it can't be based on their referrals. And also, you can't condition the donation on future referrals. So you can't say, well, we will only give this cybersecurity technology to you if you will continue to do X at our hospital. So you do have to be careful of those things when you develop your cybersecurity donation policy. Is there a cap on the dollar amount in terms of the value of the cybersecurity donations? So there is no cap on the dollar amount. Again, you can only use what is necessary and predominantly used for the cybersecurity. And it also has to be non-monetary. So you can't give dollars to your earlier question, you know, can it be between a technology company directly and the recipient? The answer is you can't just say, hey, physician, go pick a cybersecurity company and we'll give you $10,000 towards that, and they send them a check for $10,000. All of the donation has to be in-kind. It can't be monetary. But with that said, as long as it's necessary and predominantly used for cybersecurity, there is no limit on the value of the donation. And finally, Julie, looking ahead to 2021, is there a top data security or privacy-related regulatory issue that healthcare CISOs and privacy officers should be keeping a close eye on? So we've been talking about the fraud and abuse laws during this podcast, but certainly there is a lot going on with respect to the rules on intraoperability, and I think that that's really going to become an interesting hot topic that people should stay abreast of as we move into the next year. Thanks, Julie. I've been speaking to attorney Julie Cass. I'm Marianne Kolbesak-McGee of Information Security Media Group. Thanks for listening.